Let's start here. I heard a story, Taylor, that you had a tree in your backyard that you named Scott Stevens. Is that true? Uh, yeah, so I had a backyard rink when I was growing up in Calgary. I lived in Calgary till I was 13 and then moved to Ontario after that. But we had a, a tree that was not in the middle of the backyard, but in a, in a part of it. And um, we named it Scott Stevens after he had those uh, those hits on Lindros. I think I told him about it one day when I ran into him. He found it pretty funny. So always good memories skating in backyard rinks and, and playing hockey when you're young like that. How many people ran into Scott Stevens on that rink? Uh, definitely a couple, but, you know, it was pretty big, and it's a stationary object, so if you're going to run into that, then, then you have bigger problems, but there's definitely a couple guys. Everybody's got a unique stick around the National Hockey League. How did you arrive at the one that you currently use? Interestingly enough, five games ago, I actually switched my curve, and I've been using a different curve for the last five games, so that's the first time in about 15 years that I've used a, a different curve, and quite liking it you know sometimes in your career it's just time for a change and everyone in the in the league uses some variation of the curve that I that I switched to so I'm liking it and uh, things have been going well. Is your blade also a little bit different than some of the other guys around the league? My old blade was yeah it was it was a little smaller in length and it had a square toe the curve that I'm using now is a more traditional uh, round toe and a longer blade with a lot more blade on the ice when you're handling the puck so there's pros and cons to every curve. My old curve was, was better for open ice skating, and, and this curve that I'm using right now is in tight when the puck's near your feet, things like that. It's is much easier to maneuver, so that's what I'm going for, and like I said, I've liked it. Whether it's here or your other stops in the National Hockey League, have there been some guys who have played with sticks where you think to yourself, I have no idea how he's successful using that? Yeah, definitely. It seems like in my time, some of the guys that maybe don't play as much or, or maybe aren't the, the most skilled guys, they spend the most time on their sticks, you know, getting it just right. So it's, it's funny how it works like that. You know, a guy like Pastor just picks a stick up off the shelf and that's what he's using for the game. But yeah, there's, there's some weird curves out there. I, I think you're finding as, as the years have gone by in my career, there's less and less peculiar sticks and curves. I think everyone's kind of transitioning into a more traditional curve like the one I'm using now. Taylor, players always talk about the fact, I can only control what I control. Is it a little strange, and again, this is not something you control, to have the same coach behind the bench in multiple years like you have here with Bruce Cassidy? Yeah, it's different. It's nice. It's a nice change from what I've had in my career. And my 19-20 year, I had three different coaches. My 2021 last year with a trade and a and a coach firing I've had I had three different coaches so there's a lot of change and you know partly is that just me switching teams and and all that but there's also been a lot of getting used to different personalities behind you and you know what they expect from you and I think Bruce and I have we've evolved our relationship over the last year to the point where you know we can be honest with each other and um, when he tells me something I know what his message is where maybe, you know, six months ago or at the start of this year, I, I maybe didn't quite understand. So I've enjoyed being coached by Bruce, and I think I'm a better player for it. And uh, it, it, like you said, it's nice to have the same coach two years in a row. When you played for John Hines, was there something in particular where the two of you connected? Yeah, he, you know, Hines, he's a different communicator than, than Bruce would be. Everyone has their, their coaching styles. And with Hines, yeah, I was at an age where I was still you know, really rounding my game and trying to figure out what kind of player and what player I wanted to be. So him and I would do a lot of one-on-one meetings, looking at video, just talking, you know, even about life stuff, where I think Bruce is, he's a guy that 
when you're a veteran, when you're 30 years old, you know, he expects something out of you, and, and it's your job to kind of go out and do that. And there's a bit of a trial and error, but I think the mental toughness part that I think you get from Bruce is different than other coaches. I've had nice guys, I've had mean guys, I've had every kind of different coach, and at the end of the day, I, I want the coach that gets us to win and gets everyone to buy in. And at the end of the day, it's about winning games, and, and I feel like our coach here does that for us. When you've spoken in the past since you've come to Boston, it, it seems pretty apparent that you're well-read or, or you watch a lot of different stuff. Are there things that you, you find yourself drifting to outside of hockey? No, I mean, I, I, I still like to watch games. I still you know, follow hockey pretty well. Some guys, some guys like to just stay away and get away from the game when they're not playing. You know, I, I, I can't really do that. You know, the, the game is something that I, I love to read about, love to look at, love to watch highlights. Outside of the game, I mean, not much. I got a dog a year and a half ago. Uh, you know, I became engaged last summer. So life is heading in a different direction than I was five years ago, and, and I think in a really positive way. I know that your dad was uh, born in Australia and, and later migrated to North America, but do you still have family there? Have you visited there? And if you have, what was the experience like? I have family there. I've never visited. It's, you know, it's something that I want to do. It's just so far. And my dad hasn't been back either since he was born. So he's got a sister there, so an uncle there, and then obviously some, some distant relatives. But yeah, Aussie, uh, Aussies are good people, and um, I have to make it there one day to, to experience the culture. On a long trip like the Bruins are currently on, so it's six games. We're going to circle through. Well, we're, we're just about to get out of Seattle, and then we're going to head south through California. Is there something on a long trip that you like to experience to make sure that you're fresh and you take in uh, so it brings the best out of you? I don't know. I, I think it's important to, to get out and walk around. You know, in the mornings I try and get some sunlight and, and get outside and get some fresh air. And I, I still think we're getting used to the time zone, even though we've been here for three days. I don't think your body gets used to three hours that quickly. So there's a lot of things. But, at this, you know, at the end of the day, it's about spending time with your teammates. This year's been a little weird. We haven't had any long road trips where you can really go to dinner with the same group of guys a couple nights in a row get to know people even more so than you do so that's probably the best part about being on the road is connecting with your teammates and really you know forging that bond even more last two questions and i really appreciate your time i had this conversation with bruce cassie the other day when a lot of times when you talk about forwards coaches will keep pairs together and typically those pairs are wingers and center is it a little different the connection that you have with another winger on your line in David Posternock because typically the connection is between winger and center I mean I found in my career that I've had a lot of winger winger pairs you know it's not the first time in my career where it's been you know a different centerman kind of shuffling through and you know the game between the two wingers doesn't really change you know we just kind of play our game and and uh, you know obviously I've loved playing with Pasta he's top three goal scorer in the NHL great guy you know I think we we really feed off each other well we communicate well and I still think we we can get even better and better as the season goes on but when I was in Edmonton you know Eberle and I were a pair even you know to a point I've had you know center wing pairs but if it's wing wing it doesn't really matter I, I kind of see myself as a hybrid you know I'm not really a a shooting winger I'm more of a playmaking winger so I can you know fill that role as the playmaker in the in in the middle of the ice while you know passes obviously getting open. Cassidy also mentioned it's as though and and you mentioned that you you're sort of a hybrid that a lot of times Taylor can be a playmaker when those two guys are playing together and you have Eric Halla in the middle that he wondered I wonder if Taylor Hall's had some history being a center in the past have you? 
Yeah, in minor hockey, I was a center my whole career. In junior, I played three years. In Windsor, I was a center for about a year and a half of that. I played some center in uh, in Edmonton, but it was it was really brief. You know, it was only like three four games at a time, and then they'd kind of break it up because we drafted Nugent Hopkins after my first year, and I don't know. It just kind of it evolved to the point where I kind of enjoyed being a winger. I wasn't defensively conscious enough at that point in my career to handle center and it was just easier to play with Nuge and Everly so it's kind of weird how your career goes you never know what it would be like if I was a centerman or you know if I got a penalty killing role early in my career those two things would have been nice but you know obviously I'm happy where I'm at last thing when we do finally get some time in Boston what do you want to experience that you haven't had a chance to yet I mean St. Patty's Day would have been fun but we're on the road this year I don't know I I I still I want to go to dinner in Charlestown. I really haven't spent a lot of time in Charlestown or South Boston, even though I'm, I'm living in Seaport right now. I've really only gone to dinner in Seaport in the North End, so I want to experience Charlestown in, in the South Boston area, and I don't know. I, it's a it, it's a great city. It's a it's the smallest big city I've ever been in. My fiance and I, we've, we've really enjoyed our time here.